Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Oh, yes, it is. 95.7 The Game, live and local on a Saturday morning. A show that may sort of feel like a Warriors This Week show, uh, but it is not officially a Warriors This Week show. It's John Dickinson, though, along with... The great Kyle Madsen, and we are with you for the next four hours on 95.7 The Game. The phone lines are open. We'll pass out the number, although you probably already know it here in just a moment. But, uh, Kyle, good to be with you. It's been a minute since we've had the pleasure of working together, but looking forward to the, the next four hours, man. There is a lot going on, brother. Yeah, same. Very much looking forward to it. You said it's not officially a Warriors Weekly, but the Warriors dominated this past week, so... I feel like it is a de facto Warriors Weekly going on. Yeah, it, it may be. We'll sneak in a little bit of Giants, another boring, uninspired, sloppy loss last Oof. night uh, late at the hands of the Chicago White Sox. So the Giants are just kind of kind of meandering around the 500 mark, a little bit over 40 and 35. Not Not a bad team, Kyle, but certainly not anywhere close to the team that they were a year ago, although that was also to be expected. Yeah, I think the big difference is a year ago, not only were they good, but you tweeted out the stats. Their their comeback wins and their one-run wins, it felt like they were due for regression in both of those areas. And when you regress in one-run wins and comeback wins, you're going to be a little more boring on top of the fact that they don't have any real notable stars. Not a great combination for like exciting, gotta ha- gotta watch this baseball. Yeah, and so they're in the playoff race. I think they do project to maybe be a little bit better in the second half as we are nearing the, the, the end of the first half, the, the 81 game mark here in, in about a week or so with the Giants sitting at 40 and 35. We'll get into some Giants conversation. And yeah, some staggering numbers I read uh, in The Athletic uh, that, that we'll pass along to you as far as another area that, that I hadn't quite noted that the Giants were pretty dominant in last year that that they haven't been dominant in this year and it, it plays into uh, a lot of the consternation among the Giants fans and, and social media last night uh, as well at a key moment in that game so uh, that's coming up at some point here between nine and one uh, we'll also have a, a little bit of Debo Samuel did what don't don't you don't have to don't have to tell everybody now but uh, or didn't do what is probably uh, the, the better way to put it. But yeah, we're still, what, three and a half weeks away from, from training camp beginning, kind of the dead period of the NFL offseason before training camp. But uh, the Depot Samuel storyline, Kyle, and the Jimmy Garoppolo storyline, those those two still probably, they're going to be right there waiting for us, I think, as, as camp gets kicked off here on the 26th. Yeah, if they're not waiting by the 26th, over these next couple of weeks, it's July 2nd right now, so just over three weeks, I think those things are very much going to come into focus and we start to see we may not get a conclusion in the next couple of weeks, but I think we'll get a better idea of the direction that those two that those two things are heading. Because really, we don't, like nothing needs to happen until camp. So like you said, it's a dead time of the year for a reason. I just I'm looking forward to a conclusion eventually. And I'm, I think it comes this month to both to both things because I'm. I mean, it's exhausting talking about them. It is exhausting, and I think everybody is is just hoping, all right, Trey Lance is going to be the guy, Debo's going to be around and be a major factor, and let's see how good this, this 49ers team can be. Eventually, we'll get to that point. We are probably a month away from maybe being a month away from the point where we actually get to dig into the, to the football and and. The Bears and and where they fit in the division and and all of that stuff, uh, the NFC as a whole. But but we are inching closer to it. So a little bit of 49ers conversation coming up for you. Like I said, we'll sneak in some Giants. But but let's not bury the lead any any more than I've already done so to to begin the program. 
the Golden State Warriors just continuing to dominate the conversation. The NBA league year tipping off here within the last 48 hours. And things looking a little bit better, I think, this morning and looking a little bit better for the Warriors by the late afternoon, early evening last night uh, than, than they did in the first 24 hours of free agency. So you, you, tote board at this point for the Warriors Kevon Looney winds up staying on what seems like a pretty team-friendly kind of Mm -hmm. a deal, all things considered, especially for his value specifically to the Warriors. Gary Payton II heads to Portland, Otto Porter Jr. going to Toronto, but the Warriors do sign Dante DiVincenzo to a, a contract one year, player option year two, and so, you know, really Bob Myers had telegraphed this, I think, on draft night the fact that the Warriors wanted to keep everybody. They probably weren't going to necessarily be able to to keep everybody, but there was also going to be a belief that they were still going to add veteran players if they did lose some of the veteran players that helped them win a championship. Looney stays, and Peyton at, at this point has been replaced by DiVincenzo. So we'll see what happens with that Otto Porter slot and... I think the Warriors are still going to sign at least one more player that is of that veteran mold that that they can help bridge the gap between the starters and Jordan Poole and the Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman group, which is going to play a bigger role in, in how this thing plays out, I think, in the in the 22-23 season. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the fascinating thing. It, it reminds me a little bit, we were just talking about the 49ers. The Kaminga, Moody aspect of this reminds me a little bit of Trey Lance in 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 the sense that the 49ers eventually just have to rip the bandit off like he just has to play and the Warriors I think are a little bit in that same spot with Kaminga and Moody where okay yeah you're right they'll probably bring in another veteran and those guys they're not going to be playing 38 minutes a night but they need to be bigger factors they need to contribute I think the Warriors are going to lean on those guys at least a little bit, maybe not so much early on in the season, but I think by the end of the year, those guys should be like full-fledged rotation pieces. And that's that's what I think is kind of informing a lot of the Warriors' off-season decisions is, man, you got these two kids, and do you want to lean on them right away? No, but eventually you're going to have to. And the only way you can do that is by getting them on the floor, playing them, and getting them that experience. They are in a tricky spot with it in the sense that I do think there's a confidence that that both Kaminga and Moody specifically, I think Wiseman is still a little bit more of a question mark because he's essentially starting his career over in a way. Uh, I mean, this is almost rookie year 3.0 for for James Wiseman uh, when things tip off in October. But I think they're they're looking at at Kaminga and and Moody as players that that project to play and be rotation players. But they're also in a position where you could make the case that the in between players, the, the the that group that that we just were talking about a little bit, not Steph or Clay or Wiggins or, or Draymond Green or or Kevon Looney or even Jordan Poole. Although I do think Looney and Poole could could be factored into it as, mm-hmm. as players that have been around longer and, and Looney now a part of multiple championships. But I think it's it's the Looney's, Poole's, Porter's, Peyton's. It, it's that group that that really put the Warriors over the top. Yes, mm-hmm. it was Steph Finals MVP. Yes, it was Draymond and Clay came back and all of that. Jordan Poole's emergence. Wiggins is is a key. It's funny, I, I we we go through all of that. I don't even mention Wiggins, which is kind of on brand. Yeah, uh, but but Wiggins is part of that. He's part of that main group, I think now. But it's it, it's almost it's almost three different groups in a sense. It's it's Steph and Clay and Draymond. It's Wiggins and Poole and maybe Looney, and then you had Porter and Payton factor in there. But it was the middle guys that that really I think put the Warriors over the top because those were the question marks going into last season. And they, they just hit on every on every yeah. one of them. They all worked. Right. Like everything, when they added Otto Porter, they added Gary Payton the second, it was like, okay, well, hey, if everything goes perfect, this can happen. And everything went perfect for the most part. Like Otto Porter was one of their most important players in the finals. He wasn't one of their best players necessarily, but he was consistently one of the better players on the floor. We talked when GP two was out, 
uh, when he got hurt against the Grizzlies, it was like, man, can they win a title if he's not healthy and playing? So, yeah, they became important. And the Warriors are, with their exits, are ostensibly their roster, at least right now, is worse than it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So the only way I think you're going to look at this roster come playoff time, just fast-forwarding here, and saying, hey, this is as good or better this is as good of a or better roster than the one that won the title last year. I think the only way that's going to happen is if those young guys, Wiseman, Kuminga, Moody, are playing at a level uh, at or above what they were getting from GP2 and Auto Border last year. Maybe it might be different. It might look different. But I think can they contribute as legitimate rotation guys? That's That's what's going to make them better and allow them to uh, potentially repeat as champions. It's going to take... Those guys. They need to offset some of the losses. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. And I, th- I think DiVincenzo is, is part of that. Different player than Peyton. Good defender. Different style of defender. I think he fits the Warriors system as somebody that is a willing passer, a high basketball IQ kind of a guy. I know he had uh, an ankle injury that, that, that in his time with Milwaukee caused him to miss the end of their championship season. And and he came back and didn't play very well coming off of that at the beginning of this season, played better after he got traded to Sacramento, but, but really I wouldn't say was, was good in in, in Sacramento looked kind of like he didn't really want to be there, which is understandable and how many have, have looked uh, over the time, but uh, some irony in that the Kings really that situation and the Kings unwillingness to force him to be there and to move in a different direction and, and go get Malik Monk, that allowed the Warriors to have DiVincenzo added to a free agent list that, that he maybe originally wouldn't have been added to because he would have been restricted and not, uh, as opposed to unrestricted. He's also in a spot where he's trying to recoup some value, I think, as a, as a 25-year-old player to, uh, you know, in his career at, at this point. I think he thought he was going to have a bigger payday right now, and so he, he almost can use the – the Otto Porter, Gary Payton, the second template, even though those two players are, are much older. Yeah, can he, his career high from three, 37.9%. That was in 2021 uh, for, for Milwaukee, the year they won the title. Can he get to that for the Warriors? Can he shoot 38% from three? And I don't think he's going to be as good of a defender as Gary Payton, the second, but can he maybe contribute a little more offensively? If he's not gonna have, if he's not gonna have that same kind of defensive prowess that that GP two had, I think that's what the Warriors are kind of hoping for, at least. Yeah, Peyton's the kind. I mean, Peyton could guard ones, twos, Jason Tatum. I mean, he's he was really good, man. He yeah, defensively and offensively. I know it, it's been written about a lot that just how creatively they used him offensively, how he could essentially play the two, but he was really playing the four, but he might be guarding the point guard. Uh, you know, it, I mean, just a lot of a lot of unique versatility. DiVincenzo is versatile in a different way. I mean, he, he is somebody, I think the sign, he makes sense because he's a younger player. He makes sense because he projects, at least in my mind, to, to play better on a, on a good team, on a team with some expectations. You, you look at that Villanova DNA, and and he just seemed kind of disinterested at being on a, on a team, the ilk of, of Sacramento. I think he's reinvigorated by maybe coming to the Warriors. But he's a combo guard type. So I, I think he doesn't, to your point about wanting the young players to maybe not begin in trustable playoff rotation type roles – by the end of the year, that's what the Warriors want, and I think where DiVincenzo fits is that he doesn't take any – he can play with Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. he can play with Clay Thompson, he can play with Steph, he can play with Moody, uh, he could he could back up or play in place of maybe any of those players if, if there's an injury. I think it does give them some flexibility in a different way than Peyton gave them flexibility. Is this – the, the thing that – that I keep trying to keep in mind as as all these moves are made, you know, Dante DiVincenzo is a great example of a player that in the offseason in July, we can sit here and talk about it like, man, he could be he could be a legitimate contributor. Here's all the things he can do. But is Dante DiVincenzo gonna be the kind of player that like lifts the Warriors over the top? 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's well, kind of the thing. This this feels like in December. Did Gary Payton gonna... though? The the question is, did Gary Payton mm. though? And 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 the answer is kind of yes and no. And and I mean, did Otto sure. Porter? The answer is really yes and no. I mean, sure, Steph's the MVP, but I think that that's it is a little. There is a little more nuance, I think, to that to that question. Yeah, like like are we going to be sitting here in in January going like, man, this Warriors team's really good. Look at what Dante Divincenzo is doing for him. That's that's kind of the thing. Is is it's a good signing? It's a nice little signing. But when I'm when I'm sitting well, here and I'm looking at impact, it's like, is he going to be an impact player or is this just yeah? Hey, he's 15 minutes a night. He's going to make the right pass. He's going to be where he needs to be on defense, and the onus is going to be on everybody else to to make plays around him. I, I think if the Warriors are going to be a championship contending team, we're going to have to be saying the same things about Dante Divincenzo that we said about Otto Porter and Gary Payton the second. Oh man, is he more okay? Is he, is he? Wow, he, he hit. He, he hit. He's better than he's been in the last couple of years. He looks like two years ago Milwaukee. Right. Uh, like he. Oh, you know what? That second year option. Forget that. He's 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 bouncing because he's played so well that that he can opt out now and and go get a payday somewhere. Like to me, that's the dream scenario for the Warriors. He plays so well that he opts out next year because the only way he opts in is if he is underwhelming. Could we? I, I'm just. I, I wonder if we see a scenario where he's almost. He has more of an Otto Porter type impact than a GP two type impact, just because of the way they play. And that's. I think. I, so. I, think, I think in my head, I'm trying to replace him with GP two, and trying to be like, okay, here, I'm. I'm imagining GP two minutes with Dante Divincenzo in instead, and it's just not working in my head. But when I say, yeah, hey, yeah, it, hey he's going to drift to the corner on the weak side and get forgotten about, and then cash threes. That the, the way Otto Porter kind of did that 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 fits in my head a little more. I I think I think the level of impact is 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 similar de- depending upon how you valued each. I mean, Peyton was one of the most important Warrior players in the finals. Period. I mean, look at yeah. the game he didn't play versus the games that he did play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could make a case he was maybe the fourth or fifth most important warrior in that series. I mean, you, you really could. I mean, I, I know there were, I think you can go higher than that. <laughs> well, you what Steph Wiggins. GP two. I, I mean, it's not crazy because no. Draymond was so down the first three games, three and a half. Well, really three and three quarters, three, yeah. and, three and 95. He was really good games. in the closeout game though. So. He was really good in the closeout game. He was he was pretty good in game five. Yes, uh, yeah, as well, right. uh, and did make some plays in the final five percent of of game four, which which ultimately was the turning point a couple of weeks ago in in, yeah. in Boston to the Warriors winning the championship. But yeah, I mean Peyton Peyton being able to come back and add another element of defense, he was massive in in that series, and I, I think we would have seen. The Warriors, excuse me, dispatch of the Grizzlies quicker mm. than they did if Peyton had not been hurt in Game One of that I series. I totally agree. Is um, here's the here's the question I have: As we talk about Gary Payton the second, and you talked about Kevon Looney's contract, it was the was it uh, three and twenty three, three and twenty four. I had the I had the number and it's gone. But um, the the Kevon Looney deal very team friendly. I'm kind of wondering why Golden State let Gary Payton the second walk. Because as we sit here and talk, the more we talk about it, it's like, man, he was really, really vital for them. And you know they love their guys that play their ass off on defense. I just, he got 3-28 and from Portland with Kevon Looney getting what he got. It's like, man, if you're paying a little over $50 million for those two guys, and I know there's tax implications and stuff, but I just, I would have thought, if you told me that Gary Payton was getting three and twenty eight and Kavon was getting three and twenty five, that they would resign them both. Luxury tax. I mean, that's it. And I think they had a number for mm. Payton that was probably the mid level. And I think once it went beyond that, it wasn't so much. And and I saw a lot of this on on Thursday night as the news broke. Well, it's only two point five million more per year than maybe what they had it budgeted as. Well, that's yeah, seven point five million. Let's say over the, the the term of of three years, but then you have to basically multiply that by by basically seven in terms of what the luxury tax would be 
in terms of the added, you know, the the additional cash. So you're paying fifty so, million. So he becomes he becomes a lot more expensive a player, and I think they knew they were going to have to bite the bullet on Looney and to a certain extent Peyton if it reached a certain price point. But I think they also felt, hey, if it if it goes beyond a certain level, we're going to have to maybe look to try and add somebody different for less. And I think that's where you go back to the DiVincenzo signing and, and the Warriors were able to... I mean, he feels like, in, in some ways, a buy-low mm-hmm. guy for his position. And again, it's different. It's, I think, impact similar, but type of player obviously very different than than Gary Payton. He better ball handler, better at least he projects to be a more consistent three-point shooter although I think his three-point I think he gets spoken of like he's a 42% three-point shooter and he it's really closer to mid 30s throughout the course of of his career. He takes some bad shots, but he does project to be I think a high IQ, really good Warriors fit that is going to be motivated to flip his career a little bit. Anthony Slater just just tweeted these numbers out, our Warriors insider, and it's funny you brought up his three-point percentage. With Milwaukee on catch-and-shoot threes back in 2020-2021, yes. he was 38.1%. Last year with the Kings in 25 games, 42.2% on 109 catch-and-shoot threes. And that's what he's going to get a lot of with Golden State. So even if that 42% comes down a little bit and he's sitting at 39 40%, like the Warriors will take that, even if he's not as tenacious of a defender as GP two. If he's gonna, if he's gonna force teams to guard him on the perimeter, that's that's a huge deal for the Warriors, no doubt. And I think where he needs to, the the, the part that he needs to eliminate from his game is is some of the pull up threes and some of the threes off the dribble because he's been awful at those. Yeah, and 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 but willing to take them at probably a higher rate than he should. And so I think that's for, – for somebody that is a, a high IQ player, he does take some bad shots, but I think that's where the Warriors – and we, we saw this with Wiggins, I think it, probably the best example. They found places on the court and specific skill sets to where he could excel, and I think they, they basically told him, hey, don't do the stuff that doesn't work. And I think they could look at DiVincenzo and say, hey, don't take that – off the dribble three. And, mm-hmm. and I know, yeah, Slater wrote about the fact that he's not a great pick-and-roll player offensively. And you think about, well, what, what typically happens, right? You get a screen, maybe somebody drops on you, and you've got a couple of dribbles into a three. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's not that that's not an aspect of his game where he's he's been able to thrive to this point. But all in all, I think that's a hell of a make-good signing. And 888-957-9570, phone number and phone lines are open. We'll get to some calls here coming up in, in just a minute. J.D. and Kyle, 95.7 The Game. It's a nice bounce-back signing after losing Gary Payton. Yeah, big time. And I think that that was kind of the feeling, right? Because the first news we got, the first real Warriors news we got was Gary Payton II's gone. Not long after that, Otto Porter's gone. Nemanja Bielitsa's going out of the NBA. So it was kind of like this, This like, dude, what is, what's going on? Who's going to play for the Warriors? So once GP2 left you and Otto Porter left, you kind of knew Kevon Looney was coming back. It was just what what at what price point. But then they get DiVincenzo, and it's like, okay, now you see the vision. Now it's not they're just letting guys walk, and they're going to lean all on Kaminga and Moody. It's like, okay, DiVincenzo's a rotation player. He's a legit, that is an NBA player who can contribute and now it's taking some of the onus off of Moses Moody, off of Jonathan Kaminga, off of James Wiseman to really be super productive, at least right away. The big question I have for you, JD, and I'm I'm looking ahead here, and as we talk about Dante DiVincenzo and what he's gonna what he's gonna contribute compared to what Otto Porter and, and Gary Payton the second contributed, who's their who's the fifth guy in an ideal closing lineup? Is it is it Jordan Poole? I think it it's probably Jordan Poole, but I also think it's I think it's fluid. I mean, I I, I really do. I think we saw at times it it could be Kevon Looney, it, depending upon mm-hmm. the matchup. I think they're going to leave that spot open in the regular season. It could be Jordan Poole. I think with with some regularity, mm-hmm. because now in the playoffs you may have to figure out. At times it was. It was Peyton, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. were at one point. I mean, they basically closed each series with a different group. When when you think yeah. about it, for for as much as as 
it, it was supposed to be about Poole and the other four and, and going small, and that, that lineup faded somewhat as the, as the playoffs went on. But I, I think I think Poole would pencil in. I think there's I think there would be flexibility for DiVincenzo. I think there'd be flexibility for Kaminga if he's playing well in a given night, or even Moody, who I think can can play multiple positions and and is a nice complement to to Steph and Clay and and even Draymond. So uh, I I think they've got some options there. It, it may also be the veteran player yet to be signed uh, that 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 could factor mm. into that as far as somebody that could be in the finishing lineup, because I, I don't think the Warriors are done. There is one big man that's come off the board uh, just since we've been talking here. Uh, Bismack Biombo back to the Suns, uh, according to Chris Haynes of, of Yahoo Sports. So we sh- should still get some free agent news breaking over the course of the next three and a half hours here. We'll do our best to pass along uh, all of that news uh, to you as well. Uh, as we are with you here until 1 o'clock at 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Greg, we'll get to you coming back on the other side, but the phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. How you feeling? Kevon Looney stays. Gary Payton and Otto Porter Jr. leave. The Warriors do sign Dante DiVincenzo. How much of a role should the young players have on the 22-23 Warriors And uh, do they still need to go get one more vet? We'll get into that. It's all coming up here uh, as it's John Dickinson and Kyle Madsen on a Saturday, 95-7 the game. Now back to 95-7 the game. Rolling along here on a Saturday, John Dickinson and Kyle Madsen, 888-957-9570. We'll get to the phones in just a second, Kyle, but uh, this is a nice transition into something I know you wanted to touch on a little bit. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers, a little bit of breaking news, have agreed to, and there's been a few of these contract extensions handed out here, but Darius Garland, a five-year $193 $193 million maximum designated rookie contract extension uh, could be worth as much as $231 million. So basically the Zion Williamson deal for Darius Garland uh, and the Cavs having a, a their best year since LeBron left the second time, but a lot of young players getting paid simply because they're eligible at Darius Garland of the Cavs, nice player, all-star player to, to that list. Yeah. And he's actually a player that when you're, when you're looking across the board at guys that got these massive extensions, I think Darius Garland's a legit player. You can really actually build around where I don't feel the same way. I'm going to De'Aaron Fox. All right. (laughs) When De'Aaron Fox got that extension from the Kings, it was like, they probably got to give it to him, but I don't, this is not going to work out well for them. I could see Darius Garland and the Cavs in five, six, seven years being a really good team that's like a factor. Darius Garland was 22 and nine last year, and he's 38 percent three point shooter. I, I think I think he can play. I he's good. I was looking at the Deer and Fox contract yesterday as as Sacramento traded for, for Kevin Herter from Atlanta and my goodness. I mean, I was looking it just cause it, he's just now getting into 28.1 last year, 30.3 this year, 32.6, then 34, eight, and then 37. Darren Fox can make $37 million in the 25, 26 season. He's under contract for four more seasons and he his claim to fame is led one team to 39 wins 3 but, years like, ago. I don't want to I don't want it to come across like we're begrudging the player like get your money like get, get, yeah, shout for out. Sure. That's awesome. But, no doubt. But for the Kings like specifically um and we'll we'll get back into the Warriors obviously but just kind of looking around at some of the other free agent deals that have gone out with the Kings I I kind of like the fact that Monty McNair their GM has just looked because I think they tried to trade De'Aaron Fox. He doesn't. You just read his contract terms. Like nobody wants that. He's a right. guard that he's a he's an undersized guard that can't shoot and doesn't play defense. Like he's Mon, he's Monte. So are, are you wanting to pay thirty five million a year or whatever it is for Monte Ellis in twenty twenty two? Probably not. 
So they can't trade him. So they're just leaning into, hey, we're going to run a ton of pick and roll with him and Sabonis, and we're going to surround him with guys that can shoot, and that's going to be the thing, and we're going to cross our fingers. I don't, it's not going to yeah. work, but hey, at least they have a good direction. Good, good for Sacramento. It's not going to work. They are probably going to be better than they've been the last couple of years, yes. but still probably not good enough maybe to get into a play-in tournament and be a one-and-done kind of a situation and then and then back to the drawing board. But yeah, De'Aaron Fox is definitely, and, and you got to go back a couple of years for his max extension uh, as a young player, but yeah, he got $163 million a couple of Man. years back that, that put him in that in that five uh, that five year through 2026 type type category, but yeah, Zion Williamson, who who at this point, I mean, just hasn't been healthy. I mean, didn't play a single game last year. I know Carl Anthony Towns got paid huge. Timberwolves go out and they get Rudy Gobert. I've, I've got some takes on that that we can get to between now and one o'clock as we kind of shift gears back to the Warriors. But you, I, I think you said it perfectly. It's a lot of guys getting paid just because it's the time for them to get paid on the calendar based on where they are in their contract. I just don't think that's going to work out. I, I just, and that's, if here's, here's, here's how I'm going to pull this back to the Warriors, I guess. If, if they didn't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole was their lead guard, if they signed Jordan Poole to a max extension, are you sitting there like that's going to work? Like, what we know about Jordan Poole right now, today, you can be as optimistic as you want, that's fine. But what we know about Jordan Poole right now, today, if if you were on the outside looking in and going, man, they're giving Jordan Poole a max extension, I just don't, I'm, I don't think that would work. Like, that's, that's, that, and and that's where I'm kind of trying to, trying to go with this, is like, Jordan Poole's a really good player, and he is valuable for a team, we just saw him be super valuable on a championship team, but is he a... Is he the kind of guy you want to pay max money to? The way the Pelicans paid Zion and the way uh the Timberwolves paid Cat? I, I'm just I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I think the league has a ton of guys like that. The answer is no. And I and I think the Warriors I mean, we can only go based on what we know about them as being a high level franchise to this point. But I think based on the Warriors pedigree as a high level franchise they wouldn't go there if if right. if he wasn't where he is in the in the pecking order with Steph and Clay and Wiggins and projecting to be a super valuable sixth man that's probably going to fill in for Steph when he needs nights off and he's probably going to fill in for Clay when Clay doesn't play back to backs mm-hmm. in, in all likelihood for the entire 22-23 season I think that is probably coming. So I, I do think there's a value, and I do think there is – I think the Warriors know that, that it's probably in their best interest to pay Jordan Poole now and then figure it out later as opposed to having him playing like a player next season that needs to get paid. Like, I think that that's the one thing you want to avoid at all costs if you're yeah. the Warriors with Jordan Poole. Like, you just want him – you want him to be happy. And you're you're – I joked when I was filling in for Steiny with Guru within within the last week. I said it, it's kind of hush money, right? It's don't it's it's we love you. Stay in your lane. Don't complain. Don't try to do much. We're giving you the bag, and we're giving you the bag to keep you to keep you from complaining about maybe a, a less than ideal role. We'll figure it out in a year or two because it may be financially beneficial in a year or two for the Warriors to move off of him, and it also may be the right thing to do for his career mm-hmm. to allow him to go cook somewhere if he does maybe make himself into the type of franchise player that, that we would have some doubts about him being at this particular stage. Yeah, he the, the, Jordan Poole's in a really weird spot, right? Because you just said it. Maybe he's a guy who needs to his quote-unquote own team where he can go just be the lead guard, and that's... That's great, but I don't know if he gets to that role without without time behind a player like Steph, without time to kind of grow into that role in a in an environment where he can he can fail and learn from his mistakes without it being the end of the world. But at the same time, he may not ever get that role without leaving. He's in a when you talk timeline and Steph's window and championship window and threading the needle between between competing now and developing for the future, Jordan Poole is kind of weirdly in between the two. 
Because like Kaminga and Moody, it's like, yeah, they are probably a couple years away. If they're going to be all-star caliber players, they're probably a year or two away from that if they're going to get there. With Poole, it's like, man, he might be there right now. But that role for him to grow into that is not here right now. It might be three years down the road. Is he going to want to wait? He's in a that's that's a very very tricky situation that you know right now it's probably fine. But I'm fascinated to see what that looks like in 2024. All right, he's Kyle Madsen. I'm John Dickinson. Let's get to the phones. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll start this morning with sophomore in Pacifica up first here on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, sophomore? Gentlemen, really good discussion. And I think you're edging into something that I think, though, deserves a full focus, and GP2 is directly affected by it. You guys were kind of doing the capology thing with his contract, and that's a big deal. But there's also going to be kind of a car pileup in terms of minutes. You know, uh, Wiseman may not be a good enough player at this point to deserve the minutes he's going to get, but he's going to get them because he needs them to develop. Um, the stars are not yet ready. You know, the established core is not yet ready to move into an elder statesman role. Um, so they're going to they're gonna be out there, and they need to be to be a, a really good team. And then a lot of other people coming in who need a lot of minutes for development. So you can you can list them. So I think there's almost like a minutology to do in terms of who plays. Um, then when it go, does go back to the salary cap, I think maybe the Warriors ownership is thinking just a little bit like we need to be a little real about money and maybe it doesn't hurt us to be seen being a little real about money. You know, the, the way the other owners are going to react if we just sign every paycheck, you know, to everybody just so we have more people on the bench. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It might get to a point. Remember how much we were disliked around the league when we had KD? And I fully justify that, but it wasn't fun. So I wonder if uh, when it comes to money, I wonder if the owners are careful. Like, they don't want the salary cap situation. They don't want the league changing the rules to make it even harder on the Warriors, right? So let's, uh, let's play the game a little bit and uh, be seen taking a bit of a hit, not being able to do everything we want and go forward. And dang, I'm going to miss GP2 as a player and as a person, too. Thanks, sophomore. Good call. I don't think the Warriors, Kyle, are going to apologize for checkbook wins. I think Joe no. Lacob is the last guy, and and rightfully so, that's going to apologize for that. So that's so that's what's kind of interesting here because they, they it was there was such a big deal made through the course of the playoffs. Like, man, this Warriors payroll, yeah, the checkbook win thing. Lacob saying he'll pay whatever to win championships and this and that, but. I wonder is is GP two are the exits of GP two and Otto Porter a sign that like oh the Warriors think they can replace those guys like the Warriors the Warriors think that they can find somebody who can take the Otto Porter minutes they can find somebody or people they can cobble together the minutes to 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 replace those two players or is it a concession that like yeah hey we're not going to go overboard because. You know, Kevin Durant might be coming out west, and the Clippers are going to be a lot better, and Denver's going to get healthier, and the Mavericks have gotten better, and Memphis is going to be a year older. Is this a concession that, like, yeah, we're not going to go that deep? We're not going to go as deep into the tax because the the championship, uh, the 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 championship odds aren't as aren't as high this year. I think it's more about the fact that that they know they've got massive contracts pending for pool in all likelihood and maybe even Wiggins now. I mean, Wiggins has re-entered that chat as far as you never, like everybody I think for the most part thought, all right, Wiggins, nice player, good fit. He's not going to be with the Warriors beyond his current contract. Well, not so fast given Mm -hmm. how impactful he was in the playoffs and, and in the finals specifically. Now the conversation is, hey, maybe you have to keep Wiggins. And that doesn't mean you have to sign him to an extension now, but it it could mean you have to do a free agent deal with him a year from now. And, you know, if somebody else wants to sign him, and I think the exponential component to the luxury tax and the six to seven time multiplier uh, in terms of the actual cash, at, at some point there's a limit. 
I mean, that that's the thing. Like, we debated for months, maybe even years, going back through the pandemic, whether there would be financial limits for Joe Lacob or not. Well, we have the answer. There are limits. Yeah. The, the limits are astronomically high. I mean, you look at the the unprecedented amount of money that, that the Warriors spent just to stay in the game the last two years when they had no shot to win championships before before this year. I mean, that's not nothing in and of itself. And if, and if Joe Lacob doesn't do that, if he doesn't bite the bullet the last two years, they aren't in position to win it this year. And yeah. so he gets credit for that. But the answer is there are – financial limits and and we've just seen that I think they always viewed Otto Porter as a veteran minimum slot and so if he was going to get a penny over the veteran minimum he was going to be gone and I think he started to break down a little bit that's kind of the the rat on the table there he started to break down a little more as the season went on and so I think they they thought you know what that's somebody we're going to have to probably replace in a different way I still think that type of player is is the type of player appreciate that delayed rat? <laughs> he, I think the auto porter type, whether it's a a power forward stretch four that can also play some five. I think that's that's the last piece. I don't know exactly who the perfect name is there. I mean, Serge Ibaka kind of comes to mind, although he's not really a ring chaser anymore because he did win a ring in 2019. I think sometimes you got to be careful with those guys that have actually won rings and and bringing them in in that type of a role. So, I, but I think that's I think as far as Peyton to to go back to sophomore's call, he mentioned the car pile up in terms of minutes, and I think that's where Peyton did project to take some minutes from Kaminga, take some minutes from Moody in a way that DiVincenzo doesn't. And so I think there is somewhat of an appeal to, yes, Gary Payton was this unicorn of a defensive weapon and really an offensive weapon because I think that that's an underrated. Like the Warriors yeah. made him playable enough offensively to where he could dominate defensively with the the dunker spot stuff and the lob threat and the corner threes, which he hit at an extremely high rate, even though teams dared him over and over to take him. He was just a a unique type player, but if he's playing, you're probably less apt to have Moody or Kaminga out on the floor next year. So I, I think that was that's down the list, and maybe it's even on page two. But I do think as every year rosters evolve, the Warriors found some kind of an appeal in, hey, DiVincenzo's a different player. He can be as impactful, but it's also going to assist in this development of Kaminga and Moody because he directly would not take minutes necessarily away from either. The other the other player that sophomore mentioned when he talked about this logjam of minutes is James Wiseman. And I am I I'm, I don't want to I want to be really careful here. <laughs> I'm not I'm in on Wiseman as a prospect, right? Just because say that's, it. That's what he still is. No, no, no. Um <laughs> uh, I'm in on Wiseman as a prospect, but like I think you have to set your expectations really low because he is as liable to play 20 games as he is to play 20 minutes a game for a season. Like I mean there's there's so my expectation is is low, but like let's just say he's healthy. Let's start there. Let's say he's healthy for 82 games. Okay? What impact okay. is he having this year because he's been rehabbing I I don't know with that rehab how much he's actually able to work on basketball. It was clear the last time we saw him play, like, man, this guy just needs to, this guy needs some experience. He needs to play. He doesn't really have an idea of what he's doing or where he needs to be. It's like, okay, so that's great. If James Wiseman's healthy, are the Warriors good if he's playing 20, 25 minutes a night? I don't think he's going to play 20 or 25 minutes a night. Well, they're committed. They're committed, Kyle, to bringing him along slowly. I think even in what I've dubbed rookie year 3.0, I I think he. That's what it when is. When I look, well, when I look at at the Wiseman role for next year, and it's even more so now that they've been able to keep Kevon Looney, and I I still think they're looking to add one more player that can help 
not have to play him a lot unless he earns it. But to me, he look, he's like a 15-minute-a-game player, I, I feel like. And I think they want him to get those 15 minutes every game. But to me, as I look at a role for him, it's 15 minutes a game, and it's also when the Warriors do the developmental games – as they did a handful, I don't know, six to eight times where yeah. it was just, hey, everybody's got the night off. Poole and Wiggins and, and Moody and Kaminga and, and everybody else go cook. I think those are the games where maybe Wiseman gets his 30 minutes. And and it and you just, hey, maybe you win, maybe you don't. The Warriors were able to pick off a couple of wins kind of randomly in, in some of those. I think they beat the Spurs, they beat the Pistons. Miami was the, the headliner. That was a big one, yeah among those games where they did that, that was a successful template for the Warriors last year. So I think Wiseman fits into that mold when the Warriors do that. And other than that, I do think they want to ha- – they do want him play in every game, though, in some right. form or fashion. It's just with the right combination of players. Yeah, that and that's – I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. When I when I think of the logjam of minutes, I don't really include Wiseman in there because they're going to find, hey, here's your, here's your 12 minutes tonight. You're going to play in these – three, four, five-minute spurts and go go play well. Like, show some improvement, work on this and that. Uh, that so that's I, – I just thought it was interesting that, that sophomore brought up Wiseman because I just don't – when I think of Kaminga, Moody, DiVincenzo, like these rotation guys, I haven't even been thinking about James Wiseman because I just don't no. think he factors in. No, no, I think it's a, I think it's a really good point, and I, I I agree with that. I I think he's you just don't expect a lot from him, and I I still think the next signing for the Warriors, unless it's like oh hey Higadala's coming back again, we'll see about that. But the the next signing for the Warriors, Kyle, before we get to the calls, is is going to be a big. It's going to be a, and maybe it's not a five, maybe it's it's an Auto Porter light kind of a player, but I think that's it, it's going to be a player that will be able to play in the place of James Wiseman some. Markeith Morris? Possible. What can I get you for Markeith Morris? Tristan I don't Thompson? love Markeith I don't love Markeith Morris. I think I think think Markeith Morris type though more than Tristan Thompson type. I okay. would think. Alright. But Cousins? it's also Minimum player, I think it's a min. I think it's a minimum player at this mm. point, though. So it they, they, we we may be waiting a few days, I guess. When I because at some point the Warriors, are, I think Divincenzo was the Divincenzo was the guy. Like, hey, if, okay, we lost Peyton. Let's look at the board. Wow, Divincenzo's young, pretty good player coming off an injury. Value play. They go all in. Get they get Divincenzo. As far as that other spot, I think it's probably a minimum type player, so they can they can spend as little as possible. You got some names because we got some calls to get to. What do you, uh, you got? No, I I need to. I I'm just looking at a big list of names. I'm gonna go through and pick some out. Uh, okay. Before we before we do that, Kings legend right. Justin Jackson on here. Just FYI. Oh no, <laughs> no Justin Jackson. Manuel in Dublin. Okay, I'm done. Ma- I'm no Alfonso McKinney. Not good enough. Manuel in Dublin, you're next here. 888-957-9570. What's up, Manuel? Good morning, guys. Hey, man, it was a late night. Did we sign D. Vincenzo? Yes. Did yes. They did? Oh, that's yes. Because, I mean, when he's with the Bucks that season before he got hurt, I think he got hurt in the, before the finals. Uh, that's a great pickup, man. Hey, you know, uh, real quick, I'm kind of I'm on the road going to L.A. right now. Um, I think right now when you look at where we're at, the best part of all this is we're world champs. We can nitpick. We're not. We're not nitpick. We're kind of critiquing uh, Gary Payton on any team. The way he played defense on our team, especially, we're going to miss him. But I think I think the Warriors. It's just it's just a. I hate I hate to compare to the New England Patriots. We've got a Raider fan, but we almost have this winning winning pick in place. We'll put someone in a place that's going to work out just fine. I have all the confidence in Myers and Coach Kerr. That whoever we get, I just—it's just the culture. The culture is everything. You have injuries at work because people make mistakes. You've got winning organizations because people are winners. You got the top three, even though I'm mad at Draymond. I get just get annoyed by it sometimes. I think the culture here is winning, and whoever we pick up, whoever we—it's like the radio station. Now look, that was the worst mistake that station on the other side of the dial to get rid of. 
this, the Warriors, and you guys got 95.7 the game. It's the greatest ticket for 95.7. You guys are blowing it up on, on the airways. I don't even go on the other side of the dial now. But anyway, you guys uh, probably didn't make too much sense, but I'm listening to you all the way down to L.A. on my app. Thank you, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Manuel. Drive safely. Manuel in, in, in Dublin checking in. Uh, you got any names, Kyle? You want to react to Manuel? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got? <laughs> what do you give me for T.J. Warren? Is he still is he still a free agent? He's TJ TJ Warren's probably too good. You think? He's only played four games the last two years. Yeah. No, I I hear you. TJ Warren's too good. Okay. All right. That's fine. I think he he's probably too good. I'll have is another he a name free for agent you here right now. He, uh, I thought I, he signed think, a deal. Did he? I know not, he not within the last day or two, but I I thought he was already on a deal. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking that one up right now. I might be I might be wrong on that. Four year, forty seven million dollar deal. No, he's he's done. He's he's a free agent. All right, interesting. TJ Warren, you in? I mean TJ TJ Warren on the minimum. Absolutely. I don't know what the market is for him. Like like you said, he's a really good player, but he played four games two years ago. He missed all of last year with the left foot injury. I just don't know. I, I don't know how how many people are going to be falling over themselves to 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 sign him. Eric Pascal's a free agent. Yeah, that did the work. band back together. And, and that, that was the one. That was the one point I wanted to make here before we we close out the top of the hour. Is the Warriors have had varying degrees. It it does get kind of revised when they win the championship. As hey, they've hit on everybody. Well, you know, they, they it's varying degrees. Yes, they hit on Porter. Yes, they hit on Peyton. They didn't hit on Wanamaker. They didn't hit on Ubre. There's been other players they they haven't hit on, so it 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 hasn't been totally absolute. So they're not necessarily going to hit on everybody, but but they do have a a nice track record of being able to to sign players that have been able to help them. So all right, one hour in the books. More phone calls coming up. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Kavon Looney stays. Dante Divincenzo added. The Warriors need to make another move. We'll also get into just the rest of the league a little bit and some of the moves that that have been made and Kevin Durant on the move again. All of that coming up. It's J.D. and Kyle Tell 1 here on 95.7 The Game.